Hello and welcome to another episode of Giants of the Faith. My name is Robert Daniels and I'm the host of this show. This is the podcast where we examine the lives of men and women from the age of the church who have made an impact on this world for the kingdom of God. We're still in the midst of a series focused on some of the great hymn writers. And today's episode is focused on, as my good friend Pastor Dave Unger would say, the big mamma jamma. He's the father of English hymnody, the genius of logic and theology, the master of meter, the Puritan poet, the prince of praise, the dissenting, unrelenting, Southampton singer, Isaac Wondrous Watts. Well, silly introductions aside, Isaac Watts was a remarkable man. He was born on July 17, 1674 in Southampton, England. His father was also Isaac, or maybe Enoch, I found conflicting reports, and his mother was Elizabeth. His family was staunchly dissenting, also known as non-conforming, and it simply describes those in England who thought the Church of England had not moved far enough away from the Roman Catholic Church, and so they refused to conform to it. His father was actually imprisoned for his beliefs when Isaac was born, and he would end up being jailed two more times in his life. Isaac was a bright child and he received a classical education at the King Edward VI School in Southampton. He began to learn Latin at age four, followed by Greek, French, and Hebrew. He was a small, sickly child, but an excellent student and a very religious boy. Watts was such an intelligent kid that the town physician, Dr. John Speed, offered to pay for his university education. Watts was barred from attending Oxford or Cambridge, however, because those schools only allowed Anglican students at the time. And since Watts refused to surrender his nonconformity, he declined the offer and went to the dissenting academy at Stoke Newington in London instead. In 1689, at age 15, he put his trust in Christ, and he held firm to that faith for the rest of his life. He finished school in 1694 and returned home and spent the next two years writing. Now, this is probably when he wrote his masterwork, Logic, or the Right Use of Reason in the Inquiry After Truth. In this book, Watts addresses what he termed as the four basic functions of the human mind. Perception, judgment, reasoning, and disposition. His work was used for the next 200 years as an instructional text at schools like Harvard, Yale, and ironically, Oxford and Cambridge. This period is also when he began writing hymns. The story goes that the music in his church was so dreadful that he felt compelled to complain about it to his father, who was the preacher. The songs generally consisted of the biblical psalms and they were uninspired. Apparently, they were dreadful to sing and dreadful to hear. So, Watts' father told him to do something about it. And Watts' career as a hymnist was born. Once he completed a few songs, he began to distribute his music throughout the Southampton area and it was extremely popular. In 1696, Watts took a position as a tutor and chaplain to the Hartop family in Leicestershire. He stayed in that role almost three years, and while he was with the Hartops, he worshipped at Mark Lane Church, and on his birthday in 1698, he preached his first sermon. In 1699, he was brought on as assistant pastor at Mark Lane, and then in 1702, he became the primary and sole pastor of the church. During this time, he became ill. His nervous system was affected, and it led to chronic insomnia. His ill health also prevented him from writing and studying as he wished during this time. 
So in 1703, he brought in an assistant of his own, and then hired an amanuensis, which is kind of a fancy word for a literary assistant. I had to look it up. This allowed him the time and space that he needed to write, and in 1705, he published the book Poems, Chiefly of the Lyric Kind. It was well received, and it helped establish his reputation. The success of the book, and some encouragement from his brother Enoch, led him to publish in 1707 his classic hymns and spiritual songs in three volumes. The first edition of hymns and spiritual songs contained 222 hymns. The second and third added another 72. His work was so popular, and so unlike anything that had come before, that it became the first hymn book in common use in England. He literally single-handedly reinvented the practice of worship through song in the Christian church. In 1712, Watts was invited to spend a week at the home of Sir Thomas Abney in Hertfordshire. Like the Hotel California, he checked in, but he never left. He spent the rest of his life with the Abneys, even after the death of Sir Thomas. Thomas died in 1720, but his widow allowed Watts to continue in residence, even when the family moved to a new home, until Watts' death. Her role as a caretaker for the constantly sick and weak Watts is credited with allowing him to continue his work. In 1716, he published The Guide to Prayer. Then he began converting the Psalms for use in modern church worship. He paraphrased and adapted many of the Psalms with updated Christian themes. For this, he received some pushback, but on the whole, the work was received gladly. One such song from this collection is the ever-popular Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, based on Psalm 98. Watt's health prevented him from doing much preaching, but he stayed busy in other ways. In 1720, he published Divine and Moral Songs for the Use of Children, which is perhaps his most popular publication. It's exactly as its title describes. And over the next decades, he published volumes of sermons, as well as works on philosophy, logic, theology, and politics. He was a big fan of the American Great Awakening and the British Methodist movement as well. Isaac Watts died on November 25, 1748, at the Abney home in Stoke Newington. He was 74 years old, and there are numerous statues, plaques, and memorials honoring his impact. In all, he published over 50 works and wrote some 750 hymns. Some of his more famous include At the Cross, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, and Jesus Shall Reign. It would be irresponsible to do a series on hymn writers and exclude Watts, and he is definitely a giant of the faith. Well, thanks very much for listening. Until next time, God bless.